The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I hope you are doing well. It was a very interesting champion, conference championship weekend, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, as well as Bengals coaching news. Uh, our own, my co-host, John Sheeran, is in Mobile, Alabama, talking. Uh, he's, he's covering the Senior Bowl. He will be calling in to the program in just a little bit, uh, so we'll be anxious to hear from him. And uh, we also might be joined by an old friend, Scott Schulte. We're not sure if he is definitively going to be joining us, but he might be. We'll see. But uh, he will be welcome on the program, obviously. So we've got a lot on tap. We're also going to take your questions towards the end of the program as well and uh, try and get to those. So, um Shoot those at us in the live YouTube chat. You can text them to us, 949-542-6241. You can also use that same number towards the end of the show for calls. Um, and uh, But for now, let's just, let's just start with texts <laughs> and go from there. And, uh, you know, email, all that stuff. You can hit us up. Uh, we're also on Twitter at BanglesOBI, so you can shoot us a question there. Uh, we're also on cincyjungle.com, so you can um, shoot us a line in the comment thread there as well. And as always, as I mentioned every week, you can get this show on a number of different platforms. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Art19, uh, like I said, on cincyjungle.com and uh, YouTube as well. So we appreciate the support. There's a couple little... Th- I guess house cleaning items I gotta I gotta get to before we dive into everything. Um, first of all, we'll start with a little bit of bad news and an apology from me to all of you, both uh, live listeners and those uh, maybe who download the show after the fact. Last week, you heard me announce that we were going to be interviewing Mark Walton, the Bengals running back. Um, everything was set up to go up to uh, the day before that interview was to be scheduled. And uh, lo and behold, the representative who set up the interview had said that uh, Mark Walton was actually 
bailing on um, all all of his set interviews that specific day. Something had come up, and uh, I don't I don't know what, but it was obviously something personal or professional that came up and uh, he just was, was unable to do the interviews. We are trying to reschedule that. So for those of you who were looking forward to that and were expecting that on our feed, I apologize. Uh, unfortunately, I, it just didn't come to be, uh, even though we had it planned out. Uh, nobody's fault, really. Just, um, you know, kind of an unfortunate sequence of events. But we will be getting more people on the line, uh, Bengals players, you know, beat writers, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna, we're making it a priority to get more people on this show, more guests on this show to bring you, uh, you know, a wide variety of content. But I apologize for that. Um, regardless, I hope you enjoyed the Tyler Boyd interview a couple weeks ago, um, and that is still on our feed. But uh, we're going to try and get you more, and we are still trying to reschedule something with, with Mark Walton at, at some point down the road. We'll see, and I will be sure to let you know when that happens. But my apologies to the listeners out there for, um, you know, if they were expecting that and and did not receive it. So uh, John Sheeran's probably going to call us call in in about 10 minutes. So uh, before we get to all the sights and sounds it's of Senior Bowl, and there's there's a lot, and uh, actually, kudos to to my my co-host there, John. He broke some news, and one of the new bits of news he broke. Uh, apparently, his Twitter was on NFL Network throughout the day, and all kinds of stuff. Um, John had asked a pretty poignant question to John Gruden, the Raiders head coach, basically trying to get a gauge on um, uh, Brian Callahan, the young the young man who was the uh quarterbacks coach um and you know he was rumored to be a target potentially for offensive coordinator and as john and asked coach gruden that question gruden came out and said basically that he confirmed that brian callahan's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Bengals. now i don't know <laughs> i i don't think that the Bengals are in any trouble for that because they didn't announce it but Gruden did, and uh, so it appears that yet another young offensive mind, an unproven one, but an, a young offensive mind is going to be a major part of this staff going forward. So um, Callahan comes from the Raiders as the quarterback's coach, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, he is... Uh, I mean, his background, he's obviously the, the son of uh, Bill Callahan, who also might be joining uh, the Bengals in a similar capacity to where he's at with Washington, which is an offensive line coach. Um, he has uh, nine years of coaching experience, um, but, you know, it's mostly as a position coach, a quarterback's coach. Now, um, I believe that uh, – uh, Derek Carr, when he had some of his best seasons, I believe that was kind of under the tutelage of Callahan there. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of been a little bit hit and miss. Some of that has to do with Carr. Some of that has to do with the train wreck and the fire sale that the Raiders engaged in this past offseason. But um, he brings that fresh approach. Obviously, he's a guy who's going to be on the same page as Zach Taylor, whenever that signed whenever that uh hire is going to be announced um so that is a pretty interesting hire i think 
though it's a little ri- well it's very risky the fact that they're not bringing in uh, really a proven offensive coordinator a, a, a grizzled veteran i guess at that coaching spot and they did the same at head coach with taylor you have to be pretty excited that these guys are coming for coming from you know productive offenses for the most part um and they're bringing a fresh approach to the offense a much different approach probably a pass happy approach um, and, and really modernizing the Bengals offense. And you have to be pretty pleased with that. And if you're Andy Dalton, um, considering some of the comments Duke Tobin made at the senior bowl this week, that he's probably their guy again this year. Um, you know, I think, I think you got to be pretty pleased with the direction of things. And um you know, I, I think that uh, this, this points to a much different, era of Bengals football than the one that preceded it. It points to a hopefully a much more exciting brand of football, one with a lot of points, one with a lot of offense. Um, and, and you know, we'll see. There is a lot of risk involved because these are two young guys, two guys that are pretty inexperienced, but they are guys who bring a, a real innovative approach to the team and to the offense. And I think that that's why that's that's why Taylor is handpicking this guy. Now, Daryl Bevel was the guy that uh, was kind of floating out there, rumored interest. Mike Sherman, father-in-law of Zach Taylor, is a guy that kind of might be out there as an offensive line coach, maybe even offensive coordinator, that sort of thing. That doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, there's even you know talk of his brother, Press Taylor, coming over from the Eagles. Um, you know, there's a lot of coaching vacancies to be filled, but as time seemingly creeps by and the Rams now are in the Super Bowl. Um, we get little bits of information coming uh, out about what the Bengals staff is going to look like, who is going to be part of, of Taylor's staff. And here's the thing too, is you have to figure Taylor probably came into the building in his interview and said, this, this is who I got. These are my guys. These are the list of guys I want hired for you know, these specific positions, we can hang on to a couple of, of the coaches here. It appears that Alex Van Pelt will remain the quarterback's coach. He has not been mentioned as being replaced. Um, it appears a couple of the secondary coaches, uh, Livingston and, and others, will be retained. Um, it it re- appears that Bob Bicknell, the receiver's coach, uh, might be retained as well. And then Darren Simmons on special teams. But there's still quarterback's coach, offensive line coach, offensive coordinator, uh, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, tight ends coach. Um, you know, these are all get, all positions that still need to be filled by the Bengals and by Zach Taylor. And and it's it's a little difficult right now uh, because I think most people really want, especially you know, when we're talking about the Senior Bowl. I think most people really want that Taylor hire to be announced and for the team to have, you know. The, the staff in place and all the guys down there to, you know, do the scouting and all of that. But, uh, you know, it, it very well, the, their new coach is bringing Super Bowl experience, whether it's he, you know, his team ends up losing the Super Bowl or wins it. He is bringing immediate Super Bowl experience to the Cincinnati Bengals. And by the way, anyone who was thinking Eric Bieniemy was going to be the hire by now, that would have been announced since the chiefs were eliminated. So you can get that out of your mind. Um, Zach Taylor is, all but officially the guy in case you were still in denial. Um, but 
you know, it's going to, it, we can't, the Bengals can't announce anything until after next Sunday. Uh, not this coming one, but the Sunday after. So, uh, you know, it's going to be almost another two weeks as of this episode until the, the Taylor hire is official. Um, so, you know, that's, that's interesting. Apparently, though, Brian Callahan is the offensive coordinator. Also, a couple of interesting names on the defensive coordinator front. Uh, and this I like. Um, not, that I did, not that I didn't like the Brian Callahan thing, but I've said a couple of times that I think that Taylor, being a young guy and overhauling the staff, I think he, he could use a couple of veteran coaches on the staff to really lean on guys who maybe even have NFL head coaching experience. And apparently he is looking at a couple. John Fox is a guy he's looking at for a defensive coordinator position. Uh, and Jack Del Rio is another one. And both have proven to be very good defensive minds. They have even proven to be that way, um, you know, as head coaches. Uh, Del Rio had a little bit of success with the Jaguars and then had, uh, you know, a taste of success with the Raiders as well recently. I think I think both of those guys are, are smart hires. Yeah, it's kind of going back to the Marvin mold. Yeah, Del Rio has Marvin ties. But I think bringing some tenacity, a different and well-respected name, a guy who's been an NFL head coach, to the defensive coordinator position, I think that will resonate with a lot of guys. And uh, these are guys that know how to build a defense. So, um, you know, I, I think that either one of those would, would be a home run higher. Um, I don't, I don't know if, who I particularly lean towards, I guess a little bit Del Rio, but you know, John Fox has had a lot of success as well. A lot of people, unfortunately, you know, they, they remember some of the issues they had as head coaches. Um, even though Fox took, you know, took the Broncos far and took the, the Panthers far, um, you know, a lot of people remember the, the big losses and some of the other issues, but uh, those two guys have had s- some success in the league, and um, I think they would be smart hires by by Zach Taylor uh, going forward. So that's kind of what we know so far on the coaching front. On the outside, Bill Callahan might be the offensive line coach. Should Brian Callahan be hired, that'd be an odd dynamic dad working under the sun. But, you know, it is what it is, and if that's what seems to be the best fit, going forward, then that's, that is what it is. So, um, you know, there's no real talk yet of uh, at least rumor wise of linebacker coach, running backs coach, a little bit of interesting news. Uh, We did see that uh, the, um, some of these Bengals coaches who were reportedly let go um, have, kind of been hanging out at the senior bowl with uh, some of the other coaches. So we'll see what's going on there. Uh, vape guy, who I believe is our good friend, John from Kentucky says, it feels like 1980 again, Paul Brown running things, just hired Forrest Gregg. And then in the super bowl, two years later, let's hope. Um, uh, Vignesh Arasu says Bengals just have to stay healthy next year. Big if, um, you know, and that's another side topic of conversation. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of sway Taylor has in the form of organizational practices. Now, look, a lot of the injuries this year I get were torn knee ligaments and pretty severe things that, you know, you don't misdiagnose or anything like that. But this medical staff, even though it's been overhauled once or twice under Lewis, 
Um, this medical staff has, has come under question before. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's fair that, I think it's fair if Taylor comes in and, and questions a lot of practices, a lot of departments in, in the, uh, in, in the organization. And, um, you know, maybe, it's that young if they're if they're really engaged in that young fresh approach an outside guy a guy who just came from a super bowl maybe he has more clout with ownership to say hey you know not enough scouts we got to have more scouts hey we got to have an indoor facility hey we we got to honor the past guys we got to honor the legends of this team hey let's look at the medical staff let's make sure everything's in check there um, so they gave Lewis some degree of power. It's going to be interesting to see if if that translates going forward. We are uh, talking on the Orange and Black Insider about a number of different coaching changes. And as I mentioned, I believe we have our co-host, uh, my co-host on the line, John Sheeran, who is in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl for SB Nation and CincyJungle.com. Uh, John, are you there? I am. Oh, man. How are you? I'm, I'm great. How are you? Uh, well, hey, a couple of important questions before we get into anything. Number one, how's the food down there? Food is fantastic. It was great last year, and we actually um, we met up with a, uh, a friend and a colleague who took us to a – like, 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 you could tell this place, like, only the locals knew it, and it was, like, Amazing barbecue and everything, <laughs> and we and we were there with a, with a Browns guy, a Pete Smith, if you know him on Twitter, and we were talking about like John Dorsey and whatever. And next thing you know, John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens walks in, and they like sit like right behind us, and like <laughs> it, it was like the most country like place that you can imagine. But it was it was amazing barbecue, and like that's that's basically what we expect with mobile now. Yeah, absolutely. How's how, now? Are you? I know you're you're hanging tight with Joe Goodberry. Are you guys rooming together? Did you say that last week? God, I, w- I-, I wish I wasn't in with Joe because he's <laughs> the worst roommate ever. He's, 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 he's snoring. He's loud as hell. Like, like he, he just clogged the toilet like not 10 minutes ago. Is that him in the background? Is that him in the background? It's his obnoxious voice. Tell him, what's, tell him what's up. Anthony says what's going on, man. We gotta get we gotta get his Joseph butt on the show. We, we gotta get his butt on the show again. Tell him. Yeah, I don't know when Joe's gonna come on the show. He ignored all my requests, and he's like, "Nah, I'm too big for that." Yep, yeah. yeah. You know, he get that he got that Twitter blue check, and now he's uh, now he's Captain Big League. That's you know? what I'm saying. You can't trust people who are verified. Well, speak speaking of blue checks, you might be on your way next, my friend, because you broke some big news, and apparently, uh, I've been reading that your name was on NFL Network based on. Some some Brian Callahan news. We were just talking about that before uh, you came on the air here. Uh, quickly, kind of before we talk about some of the prospects and what you and and others have seen down in Mobile. Uh, your thoughts on Brian Callahan being the guy and basically John Gruden just coming forward and saying, "Yeah, this, by the way, he's now a Bengals coach." 
Well, I, I wanted I wanted to talk about you know what to expect from Callahan because I wanted to ask Gruden about what he thought about Callahan. He had no interest in saying anything about Brian Callahan's qualifications as an offensive coordinator. He just wanted to break the news that he would become the offensive coordinator, which was fine with me because that's how everybody knew now. And I guess it was just lucky that he happened to do it. But to, to answer your question, like Callahan is almost as big as an maybe even a, bit, even a bigger unknown as Zach Taylor is, as, as just a play caller and a designer of an offense because he just has experience as, you know, an offensive assistant under Adam Gates for the Broncos. He went to Denver to work with Matthew, Matthew Stafford. He was Gruden's first quarterback coach for Oakland under Derek Carr. So he has, you know, a lot of experience in actually running and designing an offense. And I think it's fair to say that if the Bengals bring in Bill Callahan, his, his Brian's dad from Washington, Maybe, you know, Bill becomes the pass game coordinator, Brian becomes, or excuse me, Brian becomes the pass game coordinator, Bill becomes the run game coordinator, and I guess maybe, you know, Zach Taylor calls the plays and, and runs his offense kind of like what the Rams do with, with, with McVeigh and, and Shane Waldron and, and, and those guys. So I, I think Callahan is obviously a great unknown because he's, relative, he's got, you know, nine years of NFL coaching experience, but he obviously learned a lot with, with, with Gaze. He has a background in, you know, his own scheme and working under that. So those are things that you can kind of assume will, will be coming to Cincinnati. But as far as, you know, you know how he's going to run the offense, how he's going to structure, how he's going to design it, how he's going to implement new players, that's, I think that's a great unknown. And I think that's, you know, is equally, you know, uncomfortable as it is exciting because it's, it's, it's something brand new. Yeah, and you know you got to think that you know both guys are younger guys. Both guys have the the quarterbacks coach background and and whatnot. I mean, you got to figure that these guys are probably on the same page in terms of what they want to do, the, the the players they want to bring on the roster and how they want to use them. I mean, there's just like the Taylor hire. This is another big risk, big reward type of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I was saying before we got on the phone, John, that, uh, this, it would seem that probably Taylor had, you know, a short list of options for a number of different coaching positions on the team when he went into interview. And this guy probably was up towards the top of the list, you would think. And, uh, you know, there's probably some good synergy there based on the age, the background, all that kind of stuff. And, I guess what what you have to be excited, like you said. I mean, he's worked with Stafford under some productive, statistically productive years. Carr, the same thing. Um, so, I mean, you got to like that, especially if you're Andy Dalton or maybe even a new guy coming in, right? Yeah, I think the most important thing is that they might finally have some type of identity on offense because obviously Taylor would be comfortable with Brian because he is the the son of his of his coach at Nebraska. So, I think they're going to come in with extremely similar offensive philosophies. And when you have, you know, not a lot of experience of play callers now running the offense, as long as you're on the same page and you have some type of identity that you can form with the players and then bring in the, the, the same kind of players that you want to integrate and work with, I think that bodes well. And obviously when you're bringing in, you know, guys who aren't, you know, retreads, um, you know, former play callers and head coaches in these important roles, then there's always going to be some type of risk. But that's kind of how innovation kind of starts. You know, you got, you got to find the diamonds in the rough in, in these kind of situations. And when you have now, I think, without, with Van Pelt, uh, Taylor, and Callahan, you're going to have three former co- quarterbacks coaches having, you know, major roles in an offense. And I think that bodes well with either, you know, getting the very last out of Andy Dalton or bringing in a new guy. So I think, you know, looking at the positives here, there's a lot to take. And, and be excited about, and more importantly, I think the cohesion with the new guys that are coming in is something that I think is being undervalued here, and it could be very important. Yeah, and one of the last coaches they brought in with a uh, 
quarterback background, Sam White, he had he had a little bit of success with this team. Yeah, he was, so, he was pretty good. Yeah, he had just a little bit of success. So speaking of quarterbacks, um, I've really enjoyed in the limited time I've had uh, to look at it. I've really enjoyed following both you and Joe Goodberry on Twitter and, and, you know, your interviews and all that stuff. Um, really a couple of guys that have uh, begun to s- stick out from what you guys have put out there recently. Um, I guess let's start with Drew Locke, the Missouri quarterback. Um, I, I, I didn't know too much about him. I started kind of watching some clips and he's, he's a real kind of excitable guy behind, behind the uh, under center. He kind of runs around a lot, kind of ad libs, makes things happen. He takes some chances. Um, I was really impressed with, and granted small tidbits of sound bites, but I was really impressed with some of the audio I heard of him in his interviews. He seems to be a real personable guy, a real, um, a guy that people can gravitate to. Am I wrong about that? And is that translating at all on the practice field? No. And if Joe could hear this question, he would tell you the same thing that I would. Um, Drew Locke is very personable. He's, he's very, he's not formulaic at all. He, he takes you know, what, what, what is given to him. And I, I think that's a, a quality that's going to make some team fall in love with him. But as far as what he's shown on the practice field, I think he's shown similar negatives that, you know, is going to create some pause about him and, and how he reacts to pressure in his face. And, and the, the inconsistent accuracy downfield and, and the lack of touch on deep throws, you know, those are obviously some concerns that, you know, need, need to be monitored. But uh, I, I think in general, he was in a similar position to a guy like Josh Allen last year who also had a cannon for an arm and also had, you know, athleticism to make things happen. But Allen kind of ran with the opportunity with the senior bowl. And right now, Drew, Drew Locke's kind of stumbling a little bit because we're seeing some, some of those issues that, that popped up on tape, but, you know, we're reacting to pressure from his face and, you know, creating outside of structure and, and hitting guys, you know, downfield. And, and, and some of those long throws are still popping up because, you know, these guys are talented on the outside. But uh, Locke is definitely, you know, on the surface, like a guy that you would be comfortable, you know, leading your locker room and being the face of your franchise. But some of those, like, questions on, on tape and on the field, they still need to be very much ironed out. And I think he's going to have to need a Josh Allen-like performance of the Senior Bowl because if you remember, Josh Allen lit up the Senior Bowl last year and kind of solidified his uh, stock in the first round. And I think I think that's something that Locke needs to do if he wants to uh, keep his name in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, he, he, this is, again, this is kind of a weird class and uh, one where it can get a little muddy behind maybe the top one or two guys. But we've seen... In, in recent years, we've seen quarterbacks just suddenly shoot up boards because teams always want to get that next young guy. So maybe he's one of those guys. The other guy I was I started to kind of get warm on up to the Senior Bowl, and now it seems there's been kind of a little bit of eh, reviews of him is uh, Daniel Jones of Duke. Um, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to have quite the charisma as Locke. Um, but he also, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what are you seeing from him and practices and, and, uh, I mean, there's only really been one practice, I guess, that you've seen at this point, but, um, what, what's your, what are your impressions of him? Yeah. Yeah. I think he kind of hit the nail on the point with the first one. He's, he's a little bit more like kind of Eli. He's kind of like monotone and he, he kind of had like formula, like answers kind of written out, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he was well trained for this. And when when people started, you know, throwing some interesting questions, he didn't re- exactly respond well to it. But on the field, you know, Jones is a much better um, manager of a pocket, and he'll, he'll keep his eyes downfield and kind of 
of, of any pressure. But I think most of those concerns with him in, in regards to just like the system that he played with Duke, and he was constantly pushing the ball down the field, and he, he would sometimes you know lack that you know necessary pocket presence to maybe uh, you know feel an edge pressure coming around the edge. And you know, I, I, th- I think also in a lot of quarterbacks, at least yesterday, they had a lot of balls die in, in a certain end of them because uh, the wind was picking up. There was a storm coming in uh, from the west, and you know, Jones had some inconsistent downfield accuracy, and he wasn't exactly driving the ball as well as I think most people kind of thought. And and, and even even some of those concerns are going to make you pause if you want to take this guy in the first round. And yeah, and he nor Locke had the production that you know high quality quarterbacks have that. You know, from from a college career, so that's our that's already like a, a, a you know a dent in his armor. But um, I also think that he's going to need to have a great game to kind of solidify his height because you know, right now the, 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 this whole crop of senior quarterbacks is looking very meh, with no one really standing out. There's, there's not a big for Mayfield down down here in Mobile like there was last year. Um, it, like if if anyone you know, like like maybe Will Grish or a little bit more today than he did yesterday because. He was popping like 66 miles an hour on like on some of those throw speeds, which did not show up at all on the tape. But I think he was trying to overcompensate for that that questionable arm velocity that he had on tape, and he was as a result a little bit inaccurate. So a lot of these quarterbacks are kind of adjusting to, to different variables that they weren't exactly experiencing at, at first. That kind of comes with it because it's just still the second day. They had to move practices because of, because of they were expecting a storm. So a lot of things are being thrown at them at once, and you know it, 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 it's kind of good to see how they adjust and how they Talking with John Sheeran, uh, usual co-host of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He is down in Mobile, Alabama, getting in all the sights and sounds. Uh, really cool experience, it sounds like. Uh, and and obviously, you're you're picking up on uh, all the things that are going on down there. Before we get to a couple of other players that um, you know, Bengals fans, I guess, should be having on their radar, especially when it comes to the April draft class needs, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's been, a, it seems as if Duke Tobin has spoken, I think once um, kind of some limited sound bites there, but ha- have you interacted with any of the other staff members down there and, or been hearing any other uh, rumors, reports or anything that you can relay to us about either the coaching staff or direction of the team or anything? Yeah, and when I was on the field uh, after the first practice on Tuesday, and I was looking around for you know you know who was interviewing with who, you notice like a like a bunch of different teams. Like I think like the Redskins had you know at least like a dozen guys like talking to eat like twelve separate people at the same time, and and you had every other team out there, and you didn't see any Bengals down there, and uh, like like they're all sitting in like the stands like together you know, chatting, and, and and this is when this is when me and Joe discovered that. You know, Kyle Katsky, John, uh, Jonathan Hayes, and um, uh, uh, Bill Lazor were, were all just chilling around there. And, you know, with reports of them being gone, it was like, you know, are, are they just chilling? Are they just, they're just here to be here because they don't have anybody else on that staff. And, you know, I, I, I personally have not seen them talk to anybody. I think, you know, when they do this, they're pretty close to the vest and pretty close to the chest. And, you know, not like to make this stuff kind of public. So I, I, I do think, yeah, Tobin, I think, talked with Jeff Hobson uh, yesterday and maybe Jim, Jim Morrison as well. I have not heard anything about who they've met because they're obviously very private when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I but I do think that they're focusing, yeah, de- definitely on, you know, guys, either edge rushers or linebackers who, who, 
who will provide speed. And I don't think that, you know, we, we, we can count them out of looking at quarterbacks. And I, and I think Van Pelt was here because he's one of the actual coaches that, that is still on the team or is still with the staff. And, you know, you, you have to wonder if they're legitimately considering a guy like Drew Locke or maybe a Daniel Jones or maybe even a Wilker because maybe, you know, Zach Taylor wants to bring a system where you would like a quarterback that operates out of structure, even if he doesn't fit, you know, the, the, the traditional standards and thresholds of height and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been hearing and seeing uh, some reports on uh, some players out there in the form of um, linebackers. I saw that uh, was it Coney, the, the Notre Dame linebacker. He's, he's kind of been mm-hmm. talked about quite a bit. Um, and uh, is uh, the kid from LSU there as well? Um, no, no, Devin White's the junior. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I, I, I wasn't seeing his name. But uh, I've been hearing Coney's name a lot and, and some others. Um, at linebacker, are there some uh, – uh, or or edge rusher, I, I you know Montez Sweat is another guy I've heard about too. Um, over the past you know over the past couple of days, are there some guys kind of in those positions that you think should be on Bengals fans' radar as uh, this process ramps up, the combine, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think the two that stood out today in in the tape that uh, the media were what was granted to access today. Um, Jermaine Pratt out of North Carolina State and Drew Tranquil out of Notre Dame. Mm. They both um, you know, switched on and off of a middle linebacker or just, you know, just the linebacker spots when uh, they, they had the, uh, I believe it was the, I believe it was the North team playing the nickel defense, I believe. And yeah, they, they looked really, um, they, they, they looked really instinctive when, when they're going off a lot of outside runs and really scraping off the top of, you know, second level blocking, looked natural dropping back into coverage, but just in general looked instinctive and looked like, you know, really responsive, clicking and closing towards, you know, open gaps and finding the ball carrying. I think that's obviously something that, you know, linebackers of the Bengals lack at this point, but out of all the linebackers that I've seen, I think those two have been the most impressive. I think there's a guy from New Mexico State that really popped out yesterday, but I didn't get a, a great look on it. I, I know some people uh, thought highly of him from yesterday's practice, but those those two, Pratt and Tranquil, were the guys that stood out to me today. Uh, any any sleeper guys or guys that have been maybe uh, role players on high profile teams that uh, maybe have have caught your eye? The uh, the Renfro kid from Clemson. I saw you know Dabo Sweeney talking about him uh, this week as well. You know he's a guy that just you know kind of the. Uh, the slot guy, the guy that does kind of dirty work, you know, um, a guy that's really valuable in the NFL now in, in this landscape. And really, you know, Taylor coming from the Rams, he uses a lot of guys like that. The Patriots use a lot of guys of that mold and just kind of move them around a lot. Um, so, I mean, are there other guys, you know, he's a lot of people know his name because he was on Clemson, but he's not really necessarily a superstar college player, but Maybe somebody like that or guys that you just hadn't really been exposed to that you're like, oh, wow, I got to I got to take another look at this guy. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start on offense. I think there's I think there's a couple of offensive linemen that will probably be getting more attention um, by the end of this week and going into the combine at tackle. There's a guy, Titus Howard. He's an Alabama State alum. Um, I only saw a couple games of him entering this week because I mainly focused on watching off tackles. 
but he had a game against Auburn where he looked like he belonged in, against playing against Power 5 competition. And in the, in the two practices he's played so far, he's looked really good off the edge at right tackle and neutralizing some very talented edge rushers. Uh, in, inside, there's a guard of Nate Davis from Charlotte. Yeah. So small school there. Yeah. Um, he he kind of looked, he's like 6'2 or 6'3 and is got pretty short arms as well. But it, it, it honestly looks like his uh, rear end is touching the ground when he's in that stance. And no one has been, been able to get under his pads. And he's placed mm. a lot of power and a lot of torque in his legs. He's been able to pile through some holes. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a guy to watch as well. And you, you mentioned Renfro, and he's kind of like the popular guy. There's also that. Andy Isabella, uh, uh, yeah. you know, another short receiver, short, short wide receiver, but there's a guy, Penny Hart, who um, his, his school is escaping me, but um, the, the, the first couple of plays I saw of him, I immediately thought of Andrew Hawkins. He's like 5'8", 180, but he's so quick and sudden out of his breaks and so natural movement, so efficient in his footwork where he doesn't have to chop his speed to enter in and out of his breaks, and he was making quarterbacks look silly from time to time, and it also looks like he has natural hands, so I, I think... Those are the smaller guys, the guys, or not, not the smaller guys, but the, the, the lesser-known guys that aren't going to be the headliners but are going to take away with a lot of you know, positive momentum uh, coming out of this week. Awesome. Well, thanks thanks for the report, John. I'm going to let you get back at it, have a have a couple of cocktails or whatever it is you're going to do tonight, <laughs> and uh, hopefully you have one for me, but if not, maybe tomorrow night. And uh, tell Goodberry to go buy a plunger for your room and uh, – Get, get tell him to get on the show sometime. What was, what was that, Joe? He says he misses you. Uh, I lied about that. First all time. right, I miss you too, Joe. We got we got to get him on the show, man. <laughs> Talk him into it. Thanks, thanks for everything, we John. Do, you, you're you're killing it, buddy. Uh, keep up the good coverage and uh, appreciate you calling in, even though you've been probably working you know, all day the past couple of days. So uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk. We'll catch up next week, dude. Have a good show, man. All right, thanks, brother. That was John Sheeran, our uh, usual co-host, checking in from Mobile, Alabama, giving us some names to watch and giving us an update on the quarterbacks that are down there. Some of the top, I would say probably three or four of the top six, seven quarterbacks in this class um, are down there. Will Greer, uh, Gardner Minshew, um, you know, we, we talked about Daniel Jones and then we obviously talked about Drew Locke as well. So those are, I mean, those are four guys that, um, you know, will probably be in the day one, day two type of discussion in the draft and they're down there and the Bengals might be, we talked about it, all these coaches now are guys that are, have quarterback background. So they might be looking at bringing someone in maybe, maybe since some of these guys do have some flaws, maybe it's, the John Kitna Carson Palmer thing this year with Dalton, where he he's the bridge guy for a year or two. They draft one of these guys and and see what they have in them, and and that's how it goes. But there's no doubt, even even backup quarterback should be in in play for this uh, for this year. So maybe maybe the plan is they get one of these guys as a backup quarterback. After all, Dalton has missed. Uh, he's had two of his last four seasons cut short, been on IR. So. Um, you know, they, they need a capable backup. Driscoll didn't really seem to be the guy, even though he was dealing with a lot of injuries on that side of the ball to help him out. But, um, you know, quarterback should be in the discussion this year for sure. And uh, so, and there's a lot of interesting names down there. Our thanks to John, um, who's down there giving us all the scoop. You can get this show, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You can get it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Art19. We're on YouTube. And you can also get all of our content on cincyjungle.com. 
Um, you can also follow John Sheeran um, for his updates uh, at John underscore Sheeran on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, check that out. He's uh, They didn't have practice on Wednesday. They had practices on Tuesday and interviews on Tuesday. And then they should be open practices Thursday. And then the game is this weekend. So um, definitely keep an eye on him. And then I'm sure many of you already follow Joe Goodberry as well, at Goodberry. Uh, you heard him chime in on the background of that call there. That was kind of cool. Um, so follow him. Those two guys are, are bringing some clutch info, especially from a Bengals perspective from the Senior Bowl. We're going to get out of here in just a few minutes, but before we do, we're going to take some listener questions. We've already got a couple teed up, I believe, um, but if you want to try and get one in here at the end, uh, you can uh, – Leave it in the live YouTube chat. Maybe give us a call or shoot us a text at uh, 949-542-6241. We'll try and get to that. We do have a text that already came in, um, and it is from Frank in Virginia. Um, I, I think the question is asking, how confident are we uh, that Del Rio will be coming on board? Um, if he does, I seem to remember – that he ran a 3-4 defense. Um, so that's that's an interesting situation because the the Bengals have the the personnel for a 4-3 tradition more traditional style offense. And um Sorry about that. Uh, that was the call coming in. We'll try and get to you in a sec. If you try again in a minute, but anyway, uh, the Bengals have more of a a four three type of traditional defense that they run. Um, they, you know, they've got the per- they've got the big defensive ends currently on the roster. More of the traditional mold: Sam Hubbard, Carlos Dunlap, Michael Johnson is currently on the roster. Um, Geno Atkins is not a nose tackle in a three four system. Um, so there's that, but there's, uh, there's also the idea that, um, Cincinnati maybe may get diverse on that side of the ball. Del Rio did run a three, four, a lot of times in Jacksonville, but it's more about being diverse on that side of the ball now, I think. And, um, the, the Bengals are trying to do some different things on that side of the ball by overhauling the linebacker group, probably getting some more guys. They do have kind of some pieces to do a three, four type of style of defense. That would be, you know, you've got your Carl Lawson, kind of the the edge rusher guy that is, <clears throat> was initially looked at or initially pegged as an outside linebacker when, when he first got to the team. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, he's an edge rusher. You have guys like that, but you also look at the Rams, right? The Rams kind of run a hybrid-ish, 3-4-ish, but they have Dominican Sue. They have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's definitely in the mold of Geno Atkins. So, um, you know, Del Rio, I, I'm pretty confident that he could come up with a system that, uh, you know, could suit what the Bengals have and allow them to bring in more people. We've got another call on the line here, uh, so we're going to get to that. Hi, this is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? How you doing, Mr. Terrell? Terrell. Wouldn't be Wednesday without you, my friend. How are you, sir? 
I'm, I'm doing all right, man. Trying to trying to play operator, host, all that kind of stuff. So I apologize if I missed you yours and other calls, but uh, I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, you and John and a couple of special guests, and then you the ones that make you great, though. So, but, uh, I, I, I've been doing a, trying to do a couple of scouting and stuff on my, uh, other side or whatever, too, but, uh, okay. I do got a couple of, uh, people that I be doing this to and stuff, like, Mel, uh, Mel Kiper, though. That's really the biggest one I really like. Man, y'all can everybody else doing okay, but, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I seen a couple of days ago, he basically, long story short, he basically trying to say, uh, Yeah, Jawan Taylor, uh, I believe, is the, the tackle from Florida. Makes sense. The same school, that, same mold, right? I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Bill right? Callahan thing, I mean, uh, I hope, I mean, all the quarterback guru thing, I know everybody's looking for the quarterback guru type thing. Uh, the way it's looking, man, it looks like they want to hurry up and um, make basically uh, Jack up. That was... Uh, I mean, draft, draft stock, I mean, basically, uh, trade stock up, but, um, I really see too much of what he did, too much of what the Raiders, but, um, he really had too much to work with for real, and I don't know, if, I don't know what he, too much he did over Washington, but, uh, at least Bill Lazy, the Donald Landry, and, uh, Tyler Boyd, so let's just see what he's gonna, uh, do with, uh, I'm sorry, uh, do with, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the big that's the big question this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your call off the air here, uh, Terrell, because there's a couple of couple of prospects that you talked about that I th- that I think were interesting. So thanks for your call, bud. Um, I, first of all, I misspoke. I meant when I when I said same school, I, I confused Duke and North Carolina. I know Mitch Trubisky went to North Carolina, and Daniel Jones is from Duke, same state. Come on, give me a break. Sorry, um, but. Yeah, see, this is this is the thing with Jones. I, I like I said when we were talking with John, he was a guy that initially I was pr- starting to kind of warm up to, and then I kind of started hearing some reports and all that kind of stuff um, about him being dry and him not maybe doing so great in you know practices and all that kind of stuff. But look, it, it, unfortunately, this is this is where we get to be a little too hard on some of these young guys okay first of all when they when they don't play well in these college bowl these these scout bowl games i mean they get a couple of practices to play together 
and then they get thrown into a game to try and, you know, have a great performance. It's difficult regardless of how good you are. Okay. Number two, this whole process, combine, senior bowl, all that stuff, it is a, a, a paralysis by overanalysis. I mean, there, there are things that just, you know, Daniel Jones comes off a little dry. Um, I saw he, and kudos to Goodberry for asking him kind of a different question, one that was a little off script, but I saw Goodberry ask him a question um, and he didn't really have a great answer to it. Uh, I think it was about batted passes at the line. So, uh, you know, there, there's some red flags there. But, I mean, overall, you know, you got to look at the tape. You got to look at how he did against, um, you know, some good type of competition. You got to look at some certain stat, statistical areas, completion percentage, turnovers, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it, it, size, you know, that that's something to think about. So, um, you know, in terms of, of Jones, um, he's a guy that, you know, he'll be in that first round conversation. He may with combine and all that kind of stuff. He may be a guy that, that shows up and all of a sudden catapults himself into that top 15 without question, maybe even top 10, especially for teams that might be starved for a quarterback. The Bengals might be one. We don't know exactly where Zach Taylor's mindset is on that. Duke Tobin came to Andy Dalton's support this week in mobile, but um, you know, I, who knows? There's also uh, Jawan Taylor, that is uh, a guy that um, that is a guy that has been recently mocked to the Bengals at number eleven. I think that's a little bit of a reach. He is a true right tackle in the NFL. It is a need for the Bengals. The Bengals have you know a need a right tackle. Bobby Hart is not the answer, obviously. Um, so that is something to to think about. Um, I personally have some other people I may have ahead of him, but even uh, Jonah, I believe it's Jonah Williams, the kid from Alabama. He, he had a rough game against Clemson and yeah, it's Clemson with their great defensive line, but you're going to face that kind of competition almost every single week, almost every single game in the NFL. So, um, you know, if he's not going that great, if he's not doing that well against that, kind of competition at the college level that's a little concerning going forward there um there uh you know there, there are a number of different number of different um players that are linked uh you know and then there's the the, the lsu kid the linebacker um I, I understand that linebacker has kind of become a little bit of a a lower premium type of position in today's NFL. You want kind of those hybrid safety linebacker guys. You're, you're, you know, your Mark Barons, the, the, uh, Nikel Robies and all, you know, all those guys. Um, but you know, there is a need if for a savvy veteran linebacker to anchor your defense and Roquan Smith is definitely an example and his impact on the bears uh, this last year is what uh, is a prime example of that. We've got another call on the line. We're going to get to that here, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, so let's grab that. Hi, this is the Orange and Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, it's John from Kentucky. Ah, hey, John, another regular. Take, How are you, thanks sir? Thanks for taking my call seriously. Listen, it is a new dawn in Cincinnati, as you can see. 
I do think you're going to be getting a lot of calls to your podcast. I'm just going to tell you, I will volunteer if I can help you guys in any way. Call screener, you name it, anything. I appreciate that. You know, I might, I might need email. that. Sure shoot me an email or whatever. I, I appreciate that. I might need that. You know, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, John and I try and manage, uh, how, how we, you know, all the other stuff, the responsibilities, but, uh, rounding up guests and answering phones and hosting it, it's a lot to juggle. So I may, I may hit you up for that, John. I appreciate that. But what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, everybody's talking, you know, new quarterback and whatnot. I, look, from what I heard from uh, Duke Tobin this past week, he's not real big on finding a quarterback just yet. He seems to want to stay with Dalton, but he's very interested in increasing the speed of the offense and getting play, uh, better players on the line on both sides of the ball. So we'll just see how that plays out. My prediction is I don't think they move from Dalton this next season. I think they're going to let him play his contract mm-hmm. and they are looking for the quarterback in the future. But Dalton with his stats being that he's been injured very little, being that this division is as uh, smash mouth as it is, I don't think they're ready to just boot Dalton right out the door and take a risk on a rookie just yet, especially with Dalton still under contract. That's a good point. And, and also, I mean, you got to look at the landscape of this division. Um, yes, the Bengals split with the Ravens, and the Ravens kind of had an upward swing when they made a move to their quarterback. Yes, same thing happened with the Browns. But then you look at the Steelers. I, I never count them out fully, but they are a bit of a mess right now on a number of different fronts. And all teams, I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think it was nine or ten wins by the Ravens that ended up winning the division. And, you know, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens were all kind of neck and neck as the, as the season got, you know, wore on. The Bengals, they stay healthy. They make some changes, especially amongst the coaching staff and at head coaching. Um, they get a couple of other nice pieces help out the offensive line i mean all of a sudden this becomes a wide open division again uh i, I want to say this too um you mentioned speed on offense and that's something duke tobin is looking at uh john yeah um you know you look back to jared goff's first year rookie year granted he only started seven games but five touchdowns seven interceptions well what, what have the Rams done the past two off-seasons? Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, uh, Josh Reynolds. They add receivers upon receivers upon receivers and guys that can do, uh, you know, Higby at tight end. Um, and lo and behold, and, and also, you know, some stuff on the offensive line, Andrew Whitworth being one. But um, lo and behold, Jared Goff, second year, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Third year, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So it's not rocket science that, that, yes, the arrow is trending upward in terms of superstardom for Jared Goff. I do not put him in the same stratosphere as a Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, or others. What I do put him in as is a very good quarterback that has an outstanding supporting cast. Um, He could elevate into superstardom, but the Rams, you got to give them credit. They brought a lot of help to him. And they raised, that raised his game. Well, he did raise others as well. But um, that's something you got to look at, especially in this in this process, this scouting process. I think, and you 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 mentioned that about Duke Tobin talking about getting faster on offense, 
potentially adding more pieces. Yes, exactly. And another thing, too, everybody is always saying, well, Dalton's only as good as the players around him. Well, what about the coaches? You know, how good is Dalton with different coaches? Now, that we absolutely have got to take a look at before you just get rid of him. Uh, as I yeah. said, he needs yeah. to play under this new coaching staff and see what he's done, what he can do. His stats have been too good in Cincinnati to simply, like I said, take a risk, you know, on a rookie immediately and go ahead and cut Dalton. I'd cut Drake Kirkpatrick in seconds. <laughs> so I would cut Andy. Well, I would. No, I know. I know. I know. Andy Dalton. Yeah. No, I, I, I got you. I, I just, I'm laughing because I know, I know your, uh, your, your thoughts on Drake Kirkpatrick. Hey, quickly before. Um, before I get you out of here, John, um, just, just to get you, uh, before we get you out on the, um, out of here, I want to, I want to tell you about Drake Kirkpatrick's stats, um, in case you haven't looked them up recently, my friend, um, this last year, 20, 2018, zero interceptions. Okay. No interceptions. Zero interceptions. 2017, one interception. So in the past two years, he's played 27 total games and has had one interception. So and what is his salary? Uh, I mean, I, I I don't have that offhand, but it's it's relatively high. I think it's around. I think it's like 50 million. I think I could be wrong. Well, my point is, is you know, I talked to you about, uh, you know, we 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 joke about. Um, Kirkpatrick and your thoughts on him, but really he is not pulling his weight. I mean, that's just, that's uh, what, especially, especially in, in, we can, we can sit here and bag on Terrell, uh, Terrell Austin all we want, but the, his defense was supposedly, you know, made to create turnovers and he wasn't even doing that. Then 2019, his cap hit is almost $11 million this next year, John, 10, 10.9 million, according to Spotrack. So, um, there you go. 10.9. So, so that would free up a lot of money just by cutting him. Yep. But then you so, also, they also yeah. need to, you know, think about re-signing Denard and others too. But John, we're going to get out of here. Um, I, I appreciate your call. Thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you next week or in the near future, my friend. Okay. I'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. That was John from Kentucky calling in again. Thanks to uh, our callers, our texters. We've had a lot of questions. We're going to get out of here again. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I'm Anthony Cazenza. You heard earlier from my other co-host, John Sheeran. Unfortunately, we didn't hear from Scott Schulte. We thought we might, um, but he is probably going to be joining us at some point um, here and there, especially as the draft comes in uh, because, you know, he, he wants to talk Bengals. He's excited about things, too. He and I exchanged texts there. But our thanks to John for calling in while he was at the Senior Bowl. No rest for the wicked there. Um, you can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Art19. We're also on YouTube, and all of our stuff is on CincyJungle.com. My thanks to uh, all of you out there for your patience tonight. I was kind of juggling a lot with the phones and all kinds of things. So um, I appreciate your patience and uh maybe some extra little sound effects and whatnot that uh, made it on onto the program. So I apologize about that, but uh, um, Hey, we all deal with it. Right. So uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate you tuning in and uh, get the show how you can. We'll see you next week. If not sooner, should some news break, but 
keep it to uh, cincyjungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis, and uh, the Super Bowl can't be completed soon enough so the Bengals can get their new head coach, right? See you next time. Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.